I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Happy Thursday. It is Tech Talk. You've got us on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Thank you for joining us. Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Kyler Brown behind the glass taking care of us. We are live from the First United Bank studio. You can call us on the Visual Edge IT hotline. 806-771-0973, or you can hit us up on the Yates Boring Center chat line, thoughts, comments, questions, reactions, all of that. Welcome there. Take us anywhere with the mobile app brought to you by Happy State Bank. We're also streaming live on Fox 34 News Now and on YouTube. You uh, you changed it pretty rapidly from the pickleball that was on in front of us. Is that uh, due to the love of wagon train, or is that disdain of pickleball, or maybe a combination of both? Nah, um, I mean I'm okay with it. I I would I would sit and watch tennis, but uh, and I'm fine with pickleball just as a, as something to watch. Not not doing that. Have you yeah. have you pickled yourself? No, I haven't. Um, and probably won't. And and, and really, I've I've got a good friend who she might be listening, but um, I'd say her name, but I don't want to subject her to our listeners. But to tennis criticism, she, she shattered yeah. her. Well, she wasn't. You know, a tennis player in her okay. in her youth, and had made the jump to pickleball, and then just crushed her leg, like knee and bolts and plates, and off her feet for a month and all that stuff. And so oh she, my uh, gosh. yeah, she was like, yeah, you know, banged up pretty bad. And so I, I uh, stuff like that is like, you know, I'm probably good here. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna stay out of the pickleball. And and that this is coming from the guy who, you know, made it through. Made it through three years of college baseball or seven or whatever, however you want to look at it, when in terms of you know surviving Coach Magel and then um, you know with with nothing but an achy shoulder and stuff, which most old baseball players have or some some yeah. form of that. But the uh, and then started playing you know like fairly fairly aggressive rec hoops up in Oklahoma City, and it was the guys that we were playing with a bunch of like former. Uh, you know, there were some sooner, sooner former football players and stuff. Not that we were abusing each other, but just we were playing hard. It was a good group of athletes. There was at least five clotheslines every game. Yeah, right? well, yeah. and and we we would you meet. You got to commit a, if you're going into the paint right. pickup game with Dr. Mike Gustafson. No, I, no, I'm, I'm again not saying that. But um, <laughs> it was a decent group, and and uh, and we had a couple doctors to play with us and PTs, and it ended up it 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 blossomed. You know, if you had three on three, just play half court. If we got the you know five on five, we'd go full. And this was a full court day, and I, you know, whatever whoever I was guarding, I tapped the ball away loose from him, and and uh, went down to the other end for the layup, and did the non AC non contact ACL tear, oh. you know, and just caved it. And so I'm saying all that to say. I've stayed away, and then I retoured it. Eighteen months later, we were playing just just slowpoke two on two basketball, and I stepped on a girl's foot, coworker's foot, just in the shot. You know, came down and yep, toured again. You know, and so ever since then, it's like am I? I did play. The only thing I've done since then, I played some rec league, like old. We called it old man league baseball in my mm-hmm. late thirties. We'd do that, but 
you know, I really have been sensitive to the because Coach Ashby, like Gary, tore his Achilles, you know, at age fifty or whatever, sixty, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, the juice just isn't worth the squeeze on that. And so, I've declined a lot of invitations to do softball and stuff just because it's, I, you know, I don't want to be inactive, but I'm just the the desire to play pickleball and be out there. You've you've asked what's the win? Well, uh, yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that is why they call pickleball the most extreme and dangerous sport. Yeah. Because it's played by (laughs) 60-year-olds that think they're still 35. Uh, Kyler, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. I am really looking forward to playoff football this weekend. There's a lot of interesting matchups and a lot Mm -hmm. of interesting storylines. You're in your Cowboys garb. Is there any concern... From Cowboys fan Kyler, the closer we get to the matchup with the Packers, I will say Green Bay gives me PTSD. Yeah, that's sure, for sure. Um, however, I I'm very confident in how the Cowboys play at home. Getting that two seed was pretty necessary, in my opinion. Um, but I'm just, I just I'm honestly really hoping that Jordan Love isn't another generational quarterback. I'll tell you what, <laughs> yeah. You know that $10 jug of tequila that I talk about? Like mm-hmm. the cheapo college kid tequila? Sure. Like when you go in this liquor store over here by campus, you go, where's the cheapest tequila? I go, oh, that crap right there. Yeah. And it's in a plastic handle. Yeah, it's that five gallons worth of clear stuff over there. Go for it, buddy. You got it. Yeah. Uh-huh. If, if, the, if the Packers beat the Cowboys, I'll drink a shot of that crap on the show. Is that legal? Can we? Can we you can't do alcohol on the show? If I can, I'll I don't do know it. the yeah. rules. But I don't know the rules. Of radio I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'll drink a. I'll drink a shot of that white lightning crap if the Packers beat the Cowboys. Without any sort of research, I say go for it. I say do I, it. I do. I do have a lot of confidence in the I, way they I, the way they've been playing. I. Kyler might be doing that, uh, but like just in uh, a d- like a depression mode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that's right. <laughs> he, may jump in. he may jump right in, and he's kind of the target <laughs> like, audience for this you, crap. You like, oh, I can get a gallon of that for ten bucks. Yeah. bro. Man, no free advertising. And guess what are we doing? I haven't uh, said their name yet. I have true. not said the name yet. <laughs> you, you know it's really good tequila when you read on there that it was distilled in Minnesota. Like, yes. Get I, you some, bro. Yeah, this is uh, Viking territory. They sure know yes. their tequila. That's where you trust it. Uh, I'll be honest. I thought you were really like really going to lean into it and say, I, mean, I, I might just uh, knock back the whole thing. No, All God. in one show. Gus will tape it to his hand. Be like yes. Edward Forty Hands, but it'll be uh, Doctor Tequila. Hands. I have heard about Edward Forty Hands, and uh, <laughs> I've never done it. Heard about it. Really would like to see it in action. I mean, in front of me, mm-hmm. uh, it's genius. But I, uh, I uh, just just haven't you know haven't done mm-hmm. it. it. It's a uh, that seems... certainly wouldn't do it as as old as I am. <laughs> Having to pee as bad as I do all the time, I would be the card. You know, like the. The worst, I mean, it'd be bad enough just to go like, as someone my age, you you could you could make someone my age miserable by taping it to our one good hand and going, hey, you can't, you know, you have to until you drink this, you can't tape take it off your hand, and then you like got to do everything left handed. That would still be bad enough. When I was, it's supposed to be both hands, right? Yeah, it is yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so, that's yeah. like, then don't you end so, up peeing your so, pants so or whatever? That's, you, uh... that's what I understand. <laughs> I didn't know that part of it. I thought you were just. Well, if you don't drink it fast enough, it. what are you gonna do? Well, you, you got to down. You other than you got to down like eighty that, ounces of. Or you got to have you got to have a close close friend that you trust with secrecy yeah. to help you. Out. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I, you know what, guess beautiful. because you are text us if you've played Edward Forty Hands and fill us in here, please. You're, uh, you, you know, I think you've gone to at least the majority. I don't know, maybe not all of them, uh, but the uh, the Texas Tech pregame shows, uh, they're, you know, for like all the bands we bring in and stuff like that. You've gone to oh yeah, yeah the, the concerts yeah yeah, yeah, yeah sorry yeah. the concerts sorry. yeah you got it. Got it. That seems like a great time for you not to do, you know, you, you said you want to see someone do it. I say you just wait till next year and first one, ACU game, prep it. I say you go Edwards 40 hands in the crowd. See, but again, it's it's kind of like playing pickleball and stuff. The juice isn't worth the squeeze for someone like me. Now, I I did play at the baseball arena and I did play, uh, what's the one where if you catch somebody uh, drinking a beer with their wrong hand, you call them on it and they have to shoot the whole thing? Um I mean, what are you? What? I mean, how do you look yourself in the mirror, dude? Seriously, bro. <laughs> Not easily. The 56 year old, 57 in 10 days, has you're, to tell you about the college. You're supposed game. to educate me on this stuff. Man. And then I'll turn my attention to you I here was in a minute. Say, big look boy. over there. I couldn't first. tell you. You're stinking 23 you. years old. You should be embarrassed. Why did I get the stink eye when we the got the younger you. cat over there? The both of you two, worthless. Ridiculous. <laughs> well,. Yeah, it's not the first time I've heard that. It is Tech Doctor and Tulsi 973. The podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T973, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. All right, take us away. We do not mind. It is Tech Talk here on Double T973. Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Tyler Brown behind the glass. Gus, I, I hear you have lots. To share with us today. I do. It's a full day on this day. <laughs> That's the sound of a full day. Sheet full of stuff paper. right here. Paper of a sheet of paper full of stuff. Let's go here. So we're uh, you know on this day, January 11. A couple of Red Raider connections right off the jump, and some folks will remember this. January 11, 1992, Lady Raiders 78, Texas Longhorns 65. What's the big deal there? First time to ever beat him in Lubbock. Uh, Nobody beat Texas for over a hundred games, uh, well over a hundred conference games. Nobody in the SWC beat them for like a decade, and then Tech beat them. I think Arkansas beat them, and then Tech beat them in the Southwest Conference tournament the year prior to this. And now, 1992 or the 91-92 season, it's the year before the national championship. They just added a player named Cheryl Swoops, who was pretty good. Uh, Biggest crowd ever at the time, 5,600 in the Coliseum, which held, I don't know what the number was, 7,000 plus. Uh, this team would go on and eventually win the Southwest Conference Championship for the first time ever. But uh, swoops with 32. Biggest crowd ever at the time. Big day in uh, Lady Raider history. Uh, Krista Kirkland, Coach Gerlich, was part of that game as well. Uh, another Red Raider moment, January 11th, 1997. Tony Betty. Lottery pick, yep. Career high, 31 points. Also chipped in 17 rebounds, which is which was his third highest rebound total. However, this came in a loss. 80-78 to 78 loss to Colorado. They had some guy named Chauncey Billups who was pretty good yeah, on that he was team. A, he was okay. Yep, yeah. that, that game ended a 35-game home winning streak for the Red Raiders. And that 1997 team would go on to finish third in the Southwest Conference. So a, a good club. Do we know if all, all the superstars and stuff that even weren't associated with Colorado football this year, did Chauncey Billups ever? Surely he found his way on the sideline. Yeah, at you some would point. think so, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you certainly think so. Uh, 
on this day, 1970, Super Bowl four. 65 toss power trap. That might pop wide open, Rats. Running play coming to Garrett on a trap. Touchdown! Garrett scores the ball. Was it there, boys? Was that there, Rats? Nice going, baby. Yeah! The mentor. 65 toss power trap. Yeah! We were a family that, that um, showed our emotion. The, the beauty of that clip right there, of course, anybody who's ever watched much NFL films has seen that and heard that. And we all sit up there in the, at the, in our, at the tech games in section 102 cackling about, hey, we need to run 65 post power trap. The, this, the historic significance of this. Now, th- this team right here was peak Chuck Hines, and he would mm-hmm. tell you that. I hope he's listening a, right now. My, this is my dad. Yeah, right exactly. now. This is my dad's. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and and uh, the 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 significance to that clip that you just heard, Hank Stram was mic'd up, head coach, first ever head coach in a Super Bowl to be mic'd up, and so that's why we've got all of those clips. But most specifically, it was that sixty-five toss power trap because they're in the build-up to that. He's saying, "Hey, I think this play's going to work." Have him check. You know, he tells his assistant. The assistant's on the horn upstairs. They put it back down there and run it, and he's cackling and all that stuff. Yeah, it's pretty good. I think if you grew up uh, a Chiefs fan, um, especially you know, like Chuck, you're talking about Chuck, and then like me talking about my dad. Yep. Uh, like as you pass down that lineage, because I clearly was not around for sure. any of that. Like if if you're a a Chiefs fan, you almost want your kids or grandkids or nieces and nephews' first words to be 65. <laughs> I agree. Like this it's part of the lineage, yeah. man. Um, on this day, the American League, on this day, 1973, the American League adopts the designated hitter rule. The AL would employ the DH later on this summer. Uh, some birthdays. Uh, Amanda Peet. Amanda Peet is the actress in, from Brockmire. She was outstanding. Oh, okay. You know, kind uh-huh. of a drinker yeah. and you know, a little rough around the edges. I think she's beautiful. I think she's hilarious. So happy birthday, Amanda Peet. Number two on this list, Robert O'Keen. Perfect. That, that's one of my favorite, probably one of my favorite songs of his and one of the favorite verses in my favorite song. That of his. sounds like a Gus karaoke song if I've ever heard one. You know what it is? One thing about him is you... Anybody with a yeah. voice could just about karaoke him. Now, his cadence is a little different, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, also born on this day, Alexander Hamilton. Hey, that's... Like, where do you point? I was like, you got like a recorded speech from Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, that's How right. How does that work? Yeah, the time he was on the this radio. This is what we think he sounded like. Right. No, that was... Uh, yeah, <laughs> that little history lesson for us that all right good. there. Little, did you little, see that? You saw that when they came to I did. Lubbock, right? I did. Yeah. It, was, it was very cool. Uh, an amazing amount of content... Like it stunned me how much was going on in that, and then like that somebody sat down and wrote that. I'm not saying one person did it, but just you know that that you convert a historical figure from the Revolutionary War into a musical, you know mm-hmm. that includes rap and you know, I mean it was just that was 
just an amazing whether you whether you love that kind of thing or not it was just amazing to see all of these people on that stage doing their thing you think and this isn't you know this it's not like they picked a contemporary topic yeah i mean you right if, if you they, can put revolutionary war figures to end and war you know independence war figures to uh to you know to overlay that with rap music and that kind of thing's amazing well one like based around uh a lot of it like not even the action side of it like how many letters did this guy write and you made it right? interesting <laughs> well that's exactly right and so much writing if, ah. yeah if we're not able to capture our emails we're not going to have anywhere close to what those people did because yeah. everybody kept all their letters and those things showed up and you know they showed up later on other birthdays, Ben Crenshaw won a couple of Masters. I think it was a Texas Longhorn. I believe that's right, which, uh, you know, an obvious shortcoming there. But, yeah, great, great uh, professional golfer. And uh, on today, this morning, uh, unfortunately, uh, Bud Harrelson, the old middle infielder, the old Mets infielder, died after a long battle with dementia. Ground ball hit down to first base. Milner has it, throws to Buddy Harrelson, one to first. Double play! And a fight breaks out. A fight breaks out. Pete Rose and Buddy Harrelson. Both clubs spill out of the dugouts. And a wild fight is going on. Jerry Kuzman's in the middle of the fight. Everybody is out there. Buddy Harrelson and Pete Rose got into it. Rose apparently thought that Harrelson had done something in making the double play. Rose outweighs Harrelson about 35 pounds. That was a 1973, not just any old game. That was in the NLCS, like, yeah. and, and and so I mean, everybody saw that, everybody knew about it. Again, young Chuck Hines could probably tell you about that because that thing broke out in you know one of the one of the games to determine a World Series, and that wasn't just two guys you know standing around talking and having to be separated. That they, they went in went from breaking up a double play to throwing hammers at each other and so that that's uh, one well a lot of people my age think about bud harrelson he had a nice big league career and later managed and coached and all that <laughs> they think about that scrap of pete rose you know what i appreciate about the commentary on that too that now instantly i wish more people did you, you, you don't you don't want fights in sports okay but if there are going to be fights because yeah. there will be Say how much they outweigh so we yeah. can get size and reach. Like, let's get arm lengths on everybody just so yep. we know who has the advantage. That was brilliant. Yeah, it was. Oh, where's on my 35 pounds? Absolutely. Because Rose, <laughs> Rose was kind of stocky, and, and Bud <laughs> Harrelson was the teeny tiny little uh, little scrapper and he, middle infielder. And he did that so smooth, too. Yeah, he did. didn't miss a beat. That's <laughs> yes, fantastic. Indeed. And that thing turned into a scrum in a hurry, as you can imagine. They were all flying in. The final birthday, and we'll take you to the break with one of her songs. It is a Mary J. Blige. Good stuff there. Jan. Good full day there, big boy. You weren't lying. You uh, you flapped that paper around with reason and cause. You betcha. Yeah. Intent. Intent. It's Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Hour number two coming up next. podcast put together with red raider fans in mind this is the tech talk podcast from double t 97.3 presented by cantex roofing and construction just do you think there's any shot that kyler picked that uh the des catch not catch for his play of the day to really depress himself 
Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Kyler Brown. I'm disappointed in him already enough. <laughs> you don't need I don't to even know what Buffalo twice. is. God dang. You, you, well, I say you, we, we have really disappointed Gus. Grandpa Clint and his <laughs> uncle Kyler over there. He's not mad. He's just oh, disappointed. <laughs> yeah, disappointed. That's all. Yeah. All right. Well, you two will be fine. Just, you know. <laughs> hey, anybody want to go drink some beer? Clint and Kyler? Mm. I don't like the rumors are spreading about us. All right, downtown, <laughs> Kyler Brown, please give us your play of the day. And has to lob it out for Darian Williams. One bounce, then a backdoor cut, but it wasn't available. Hand off to Pop Isaacs. He'll rise from his spot, nail the three. Pop Isaacs has 24 points. He knows how to do it, and he's been utilizing that for quite a while now. Got an alley-oop coming. Hammer time! Warren Washington! Yeah, in a spot where it might have been easy to take your eye away. Isaacs into the right corner. Alley-oop throwdown! And an exclamation point on the Pokes. Warren Washington with a dunk. One play just wasn't enough. I like the it. Texas Tech Red Raiders took down OSU, and it was a beautiful starts conference play for them. Couldn't get better. 2-0. They took down two, two of the top teams in Texas and OSU, and it, it was a great starts conference play. Love it. That last name you heard in that highlight, Warren Washington, he'll be on the program tonight, Red Raider basketball, uh, with Grant McCaslin. Yep, he'll be um, over there firing it up at uh, Rudy's here in a couple hours. Boy, we'll, we, we can get more into this, but um, I think it, it's it feels like, you know, in the game of, hey, are we going to hit on these transfers or not? Are we going to hit on some of them or, you know, or, or none of them? You've seen a mix of everything around here and every single program uh, in the country that does have to turn over a roster um, with more transfers than mainstays uh, has to play that game. Warren Washington, I feel like, is getting is turned into more and more of a hit. And I think everyone was excited oh, yeah. about him, and you clearly needed his size and his skills. But, man, it just feels like he has figured out his role, which is a difficult thing to do when you're playing with you know, eight, nine different guys. Um, the only guy that you had played alongside last year got hurt in Cambridge. And so um, figuring out your role is difficult enough, um, but then also just producing on the court. Uh, he has taken leaps and bounds over the past couple of weeks, and you've needed him to. Yep. Uh, I got this question, Gus, on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, NIL seems to have lowered the value of amenities like nice stadiums to athletes. Are new facilities in baseball a real priority anymore? Um, you know, there's there's a couple of aspects to this. One of the things that, that I think Tech Baseball and just the Athletic Department Administration said, I don't think I'm way out of bounds with this, uh, um, was the idea that you know what they just put the 14 million dollars into the left field corner that was all about certainly player development but recruiting and just rewarding that program this this regime coach tadlock you know who's now 10 years in uh for, for what they've done you know because they're they're that locker room and all of that stuff was old and tired relative to the key people they recruit against texas a&m tcu certainly OSU, Oklahoma State, which dropped, 
you know, whatever it was, 50 million bucks and jumped ahead of the line. Um, and so that thing in, in left field was created to that, that was created for the players. All right. That was an amenity that helps recruiting makes their lives better. Uh, you know, created the pitching labs and all those things. And again, all of that stuff that they're recruiting against that everyone that they're recruiting against has all that stuff. So that's the first aspect of this. When, when Kirby talked about the baseball stadium, he referenced it in terms of now what's up next is doing something good for the fans. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember in 2010 or thereabouts when they put the red overhang in that awning and redid a bunch of the steel and redid those suites and stuff. It wasn't a huge upgrade, but it was a nice upgrade stadium club, all that area. Um, you know, it was the same thing. Like we need to do something nice for our fans. Cause you know, back in those days, you still get this to a, a certain extent, but lesser, you go out there to those games and just get fried because all sure. that metal reflected and everything. We used to call it the Dan tan. The sun would <laughs> like cook the right side of your face, depending <laughs> on where you sit and all. But I think that the, the questions talking about value of amenities, and nice stadiums and stuff to athletes. Well, I think this one's about doing something nice for the fans because you know, you can charge more for tickets and, and I'm not saying that they're doing this as a money gouge, but just, you know, tr- trying to in the same, in the same way that they've cleaned up, uh, you know, the football stadium cleaned up the arena over, over time. Um, you're always trying to make your fans convenient so that they're not coming to games and go, man, this place is a dump. Yeah. You know? And, and not that they're saying that, but I'm saying that you never want it to get to that extreme. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that's, a key part of it now is NIL pushing stuff like that. I wouldn't say aside, but you know, cause NIL is probably cutting into like operating. I mean, you, you got this one pot of money that's like operating budget. And then you got this other one that's, you know, more donor related stuff like red Raider club. And, and now NIL takes it aside alongside capital projects. And so, you know, mm-hmm. now more than ever success and keeping the money flowing to all of those things is critical. Um, you know, and after, after the baseball stadium's done, I'm sure there'll be another project up next, whatever that is. It's amazing to think about. I mean, we're, we're at a point here in this coming December in which that arena will be 25 years old. Now it doesn't look it, you know, I mean, there, I, yeah. there's very little, I, I don't go in there and go, man, this thing is getting tired or these seats are cracking and falling apart. Or I mean, I, I can't even imagine what's not state of the art with that thing. But it's a beautiful arena that's 25 years old, and it's just stunning to me to, you know, to think about that. I, the the athlete side, the way that I look at it is one. Everybody, well, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people are playing the NIL game, mm-hmm. right? And so when you talk about like the amenity side and kind of the eye candy side. And then just like the, the, you go to even to staff and how can we make you better or how can we get you to the league? Whatever that athlete wants as you individualize it to one single athlete um, who will each one will want different things or different percentages of things. The NIL side, um, it's a big one. But if you think of it as like a toolkit, right? Like if you're building a house, you're not going to build it all with just a saw. Sure. Like you need different things. Yeah. Um, and, and so... Although I see, like I see where the question is coming from. If yeah, if, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm not saying it is a dump. If you just said, "Hey, it's just NIL that we have," but at the same time, you know, it can be matched with other schools. Yep. And they're not playing in the back alley someplace. They're not playing in a Walmart parking lot. 
where do you think that athlete's going to go? And, and so it's, does it like just cripple the need for amenities and, and, and the keeping up with the Jones aspect? No, it doesn't. It's just another added thing to get sure. talent here to the roster. Another, or on the another roster. tool on the toolbox. That's well said. Somebody else asked or made this comment selflessly. I don't want Dan Law to drastically change. I have the best seats in the house, top of section C, right behind home plate. <laughs> and I will say this, and I've heard those coaches say this in public about um, not wanting to change. And again, I don't think they're going to be picking up and moving across the street or anything. Uh, they love the home field advantage that's created because people come in here, whether it's the conference opponents or it's the, you know, when Duke came in here for the 2018 Super Regional, they talked about how hard it was to play here. And all of them, just about all of them when they talk about it, whether they're having a conversation with me at a American Baseball Coaches Association or them in the media, they'll talk about it and say, um, man, the fans are right on top of you. And that is, you know, our little 35 feet from the back of home plate to the to the front row of the seats and, and on top of the on-deck circle and all that, it's it's a different kind of a thing, and it's a tough kind of a thing. And, the, and, the, and so I don't think whatever, however you want to think of the renovation, you know, that's coming down the, the pike somewhere, I don't think Tadlock and those guys, Coach Tadlock and those guys are – aching to completely let's tear down all these bleachers and redo it i think they want to keep the feel that the ballpark has now will they add more seats will they do some other things add more you know seats and less benches that kind of stuff more suites whatever yes maybe but i don't i don't think the the look and feel of that ballpark shouldn't change much and that that's difficult to do like how do you keep the same environment if you're sure. working on stuff it's easier said than done uh, it's Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3. Back with more next. It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It's Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3. Double T 97.3.com. Well, Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Tyler Brown behind the glass. Hour and a half more with six o'clock Red Raider basketball with Grant McCaslin. You had two games, Gus, in the Big 12 be played last night, and two ranked teams go down, both on the road. Kansas loses to UCF 65 to 60. And I got to say, it was the most Big 12 thing ever for UCF to have their first home game in the Big 12 be a win over third-ranked Kansas. Mm-hmm. And that felt pretty on brand. Uh, and then TCU, you know, trying to figure out the legitimacy of a top-10 Oklahoma team. They go into TCU, uh, and Emmanuel Miller has a great night, rebound shy of a double-double, 27 points for TCU. Um, and in that game, you know, they go down, or they go into the half down by six, and then I think Oklahoma, if memory serves me correct, hits a couple threes there to start that second half. And so it's basically at zeros starting there uh, early in the second half. And TCU just finds ways to fend them off more and more. But uh, there you go through the first two games of the Big 12. And uh, you're uh, one of the three teams, yeah. only three teams in the conference are sitting at 2-0, and you're welcoming in one of the other ones on Saturday with Kansas State. 
Yep. And uh, yeah, somebody's or some somebody's going to be undefeated after a Saturday, and someone won't. And uh, yeah, this uh, K State team. You know, again, we'll have more time to talk about them as we go along. But this uh, K State team is, uh, you know, a, a nice. I mean, you know, they were a nice story coming into the season because they were Elite Eight last year. Mm-hmm. Now they had a lot of lot of roster turnover from last year's club and a lot of good players and uh you know an, an interesting little uh you know preview point for this game tomorrow is uh you know Tyler Perry their point guard one of their guards I believe is their point guard but yeah he is uh he was coach McCaslin's best player or most decorated player conference MVP that type thing last the last couple years at North Texas mm-hmm. on that NIT team that a lot, a lot of us watched as we were like, okay, we're hiring this guy, but nothing could really happen because they kept on winning. We kept watching that point guard make plays and do good things, and then he went into the portal, and uh, um, K-State got him and felt like uh, you know this Kansas State team was really stringing together a lot of recruiting success, but they relative maybe to expectations, they struggled out of the gate. But in their first two Big 12 games, they've, they've – uh, one resoundingly and so whether this is a team catching a little wind beneath their sails or it's just them pushing around a UCF team that maybe you know not ready to win on the road in the Big 12 and then they what went to Morgantown and won and yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah which a- another team that's not very good apparently but uh you know the this uh that you know we'll, we'll see but the you know what this K-State team is but most by most accounts they're better than Oklahoma State and uh most folks expecting a pretty good challenge should be a great setting there this Saturday with you know hopefully more, more students and more fans and the whole deal cuz this this is uh this is getting good you know as you as you try to tier the Big 12 um which i think this year is just as difficult um as ever it it felt like Coming into the season, not even just to the start of Big 12 play, but coming into the season, this Kansas State team um, could be right on the same level with you. And then after seeing them play some games in the non-conference, it felt like, yeah, you you are you're going to be in that same mix uh, where you're in a handful of teams that could be in the tournament, or you could be on the outside looking in and be a bubble team. And so. This game, I'm not trying to put extra importance on it because every single game in the Big 12 does, but Kansas State, I think we're still trying to, or at least I am, still trying to grasp what they are because what they had like three overtime games in a row against teams that they had no business playing in overtime games against. Right. Um, You're trying to see, okay, magic of Jerome Tang year one, is that there in year two? And you mentioned getting some, like Tyler Perry, Great get. Arthur Kaluma from Creighton, fantastic get. Um, and mm-hmm. and then they were waiting on this Naquan Tomlin story, who's now at Memphis, that I felt like, okay, well, is this something that could be crippling? Because you look at some of the roster turnover, he was going to be a guy that was there last year and contributed and was going to be a contributor this year. Okay, well, how do they adjust with him or without him? And then you look at the losses that they had, rank loss to USC, um, rank lost to Miami, lost to Nebraska, who just took down Purdue the other night. Yeah, and so I felt like maybe, which 
people might go, of course, you would be the one to be this way. Maybe it was too quick to judge on K-State because I think that they were a little overrated mm-hmm. at the start of this year. And that still may be the case. Again, they've they've beaten UCF and at West Virginia, and you still have to see more out of them because they had a tendency to play down to opponents that they shouldn't have in the non-conference play. Um, and then they didn't have just a resounding, over-the-top great win, although they did beat Villanova. Yeah, true. Um, that was a team uh, clearly that you saw. I, I like that this game's at home for you. That's certainly going to help. Um, but... I feel like this is a team when you look at those at Perry and in Kaluma, mm-hmm. and then another guy who's really developed for them this year, um, Cam Carter at the guard. It feels like this is a three-headed monster, and maybe if you can kind of kick out one of the legs of that tripod, <laughs> that they're not going to play very well. Especially if you go the question if you are if you are playing like you can offensively, like we've seen and like we've talked about so far. I feel like you have the capability of running away from the cats. I do. Um, the question is, will you? Like, and yeah. and, and um, this goes back to the talk where right now, I feel very confident with the depth and amount of guys that you have that can score. If someone is having an off night, um, but you also look at what's on the other side, and and if you're talking in the tiers of the Big Twelve, well, right around the corner. Um, it doesn't get any easier for you, right? Uh, I mean, you have Kansas State there on uh, Saturday, and then you go to Houston. And although BYU is 0-2, they hung with Baylor pretty good, and that's still on the road. And then you go to Oklahoma, and then you go to TCU. And so I I think what you saw between uh, Tuesday night against Oklahoma State and what you'll see against Kansas State, you're going to see a ramp up, and you're also going to find out, okay, what's the longevity of this team? Y'all know you can't just show up for a week and be like, oh, we'll take the next week off because you're going to get beat up in the Big 12 if you do that. And I'm not saying they are, right. and I don't sure. think they will. Um, but you talk about like the gettable games. You add also that this is a home game. There's a big opportunity to get, to start 3-0. and Yeah, and, and I think when we shaped up, when we sized up the schedule headed into Big 12 play and, and – you just look at it on on paper and do what fans do, and that is go okay. We can win this one, you know, and and you work your way down it, and we, you try to, you know, we we were sitting here a couple of weeks ago trying to find a pathway to like a 500 conference record because in this conference that's going to represent some mm-hmm. quad one wins and quad two wins and a lot of the things necessary to get in. And uh, yeah, I, you I know, like we look, your tournament we, chances at nine and nine. Yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. And and uh and, and I hope it's better than that. Sure. You know, now now that we've won, you know, already stole a road game. Right. But you know, you think about like of the nine home games, can you win seven of those? Hopefully you can win all nine, but you know what yeah. I mean. If you can win seven of those and then steal a couple on the road, well, you got games at UCF, you got a game in Morgantown, you got a game in Stillwater. I mean, can you win those three games? And only drop one or two at home, and now you're on the north side of 500 and playing with some house money. But I think that involves you. You got to go win the games against those teams in the middle and the bottom of this league. And K State's certainly in the middle of this league right now. A net ranking of 74, not a good loss to lose to these guys. And I, I think you know what we just said right there. 
like you are using Kansas yesterday as an example. I think yeah, everyone absolutely. in the Big 12 is like, hey, Kansas was supposed to go in there and roll the Knights. Yep. And it looked like they were when they were up 16 in the first half uh, and then found a way to lose, lose. Like it's like, hey, guys who have either played in the Big 12 or mm-hmm. more so guys who are new to the Big 12, this is what you've signed up for. Yep. Night in and night out. So the home games, extra important. It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Welcome back to Tech Talk. You got us on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Kyler Brown. You're just getting off work. Hey, you think it? Yes, sir. Go relax. If you were listening and you still got like an hour left. You're almost there. Hang in. You're so close. Keep grinding. Yeah. Uh, you can hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line, or you can call us on the Visual Edge IT hotline, 806-771-0973. And we'll have Red Raider basketball with Grand McCaslin, 6 o'clock after we're done in an hour. Uh, Gus, we got this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Try to play a little uh, catch up here on some things that I missed. Uh, Bobby Hot Dogs said can't go wrong with a little R.E.K. I think my favorite is Corpus Christi Bay. Yep. Uh, this. Yep. Happy birthday, Robert O'Keen. If you're just tuning in, yeah, he was uh he was a feature part of our 3:45 segment. This from Dutch. My understanding is new scoreboard and video board and maybe a new sound system. Yeah, and that that comment is specific to. I th- that was in the context of the baseball yes. stadium. Then we later had a question about the north end of the football stadium. Mm-hmm. Try to get an answer on that. Uh, uh, I, yeah, like I said, I, I'm not. I wouldn't dare say you're wrong about the north end video board. I just my my attention has gone to the south end in terms of what I believe to be true about what's going in there. New AV or additional AV on the south end. Uh, we got this question. So I use the Peacock app on my TV at home. I'm able to watch shows with commercials without actually having to pay for it. Do you know if I have to pay the subscription to watch the Chiefs game? Yes. I, I believe that is um, – there's no free way. You have to have a subscription um, to watch the Chiefs and Packers. Unless you are texting from the Kansas City area, which you will have your whatever local network is up there carrying the game as always – Although I doubt that is the case. Um, so don't love that. But, you know, is what it is. Rachel said this. This is awesome. We toured Oregon University this yeah. summer, and the baseball field is jaw-dropping. Yeah, I've heard good things. The stuff I've seen on TV has been uh, really good. And keep that in mind when you're playing them. because That was a super regional team last year. And uh, I, I think I typed this into the reply to uh, – you said Rachel, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. Rachel, they dropped baseball, I think, in, 2000, in 1981, which was around the same time that Colorado dropped it and others. But uh, and, and they just they brought it back. And, and when they did, they made a, a pretty hefty commitment to a facility. And they went and got George Horton from uh, Cal State Fullerton, who was a fairly high-profile West Coast. And, within, and, and 2009 was their first season back. You know, mm-hmm. and and in two, 2010 they were in a regional, and then 2012, 13, 14, and 
15, I think. So five of their first six years or five of their first seven, then it, then it tapered off a little bit. And th- and now I think they've been back the last three years. And so that, you know, they're recruiting at a high level and, and, uh, Rachel said she had gotten to see that stadium. It's easy to see why they're getting really good players in them and, uh, Oregon state. And I think their response to getting back in was watching Oregon state go to Omaha in 05, 06, 07 and win it in 06, 07 going, man, they're, they're stealing a lot of the, the thunder around here. A lot of the springtime thunder and, uh, you know, there, there's no shortage of, uh, money available up there. Yeah, I, yeah, I, we all yeah. just sort of chalk it up as Nike money, but whatever. But they didn't. They didn't just come back in with the old high school field or whatever. They jumped right back in with a premium facility, which again goes back in the conversation. Your the the question earlier, um, as far as players go, do the amenities really matter all that much? Whenever you have nil and and yeah, the answer is yeah. yes. That's still and that that's still that is still something that a player wants. I, I think you're right, and I think amenities amount to a couple things. If it assists in their player development, that's a big deal to yes. the player. That they're cert- that's certainly true. Um, the other part of that is those recruits will tell you, and probably now portal people and whatever, will tell you that a new facility or a facility like what Texas Tech has out in the left field corner or certainly Oklahoma State, what they did three or four years ago and Oregon and whatever else, all of those, the Womble, baseball, the uh, basketball, all of those things um, are pretty good gauges of the institution's level of commitment to the program. Like, hey, do they still want to be an elite baseball program? Well, they just dropped $14 million on the player development facility out in left field corner. Hey, does Oklahoma State still want to be relevant in, in college baseball? Well, they just built a $50 million stadium. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, you get it. Does Texas Tech care about basketball? Well, they just built the Womble, you know, and so, and and certainly what's going on in the South End, but that's the other side of it is is it's a signal beyond the improved functionality and hopefully enhanced player development and scouting and all those things. It's, does this school care about it? Oh, yes, they do, because they're dropping $230 million down there. Because it, it all works hand in hand, right? I mean, because you're not the only one playing the NIL game. You're not the only one uh, who has uh, either made a commitment or is actively updating you know, your stadium, sure. facilities, and things like that. Um, everything that you are trying to advance is to make sure that you're not left behind in the dust because of you know one thing, right? Uh, it, it would be may a completely different conversation if you were the only one, even in the conference, the only one playing the NIL game, right? But you're not. Or if you were the only one that just like had all this, uh, you know, updated stadium, updated, you know, weight room, updated, uh, you know, way to improve all, all of this stuff, but you're not. Right. Uh, this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh with all of the changes around the Big 12, what rivalries do you think will emerge and what ones do you think will be the most entertaining for everyone, uh, not just the the fans? So that's a good question because some of that is going to take a little bit of time to figure out. Um, I, think, I think Texas Tech and TCU, because there's already certainly hate there, right? Um, but it's not... 
it's not the level of like the, what you feel about Texas or even the way like you felt about the Aggies and maybe that maybe people feel differently, but just how I view it. Um, and you haven't even seen the Aggies in a decade. Right. right. Um, and I think part of that is why you've gotten so excited that you're going to do a home and home with basketball Why you were so excited to see them, uh, you know, before the season actually started they're on the hardwood they're uh, in, in uh, Fort Worth. But I think when you look at across the board, you have such even footing. You are clearly going to be fighting with them for area recruits, already have been. Um, I think that that's something that could develop more and more where maybe you know you get into eight, eight years down the line or whatever, maybe even five years down the line, and you look back and you go, all right, who do you – who do you hate the most in the Big 12? And every single person in this area's answer would be TC, TCU. Sure. Or at least the bulk of them. And maybe the, the other direction, too. You know, if TCU fans were present all the time to be asked. It's Tech Talk here on Double T97.3 and Double T97.3.com. This has been the Tech Talk Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T97.3 podcasts at Double T97.3.com.